It's a sled. He's dead. The box contains his wife's head. Vader's his father. They're allergic to water. She's her sister and her daughter. You watched it wrong. Wade. Mm-hmm. We've been friends for so long. We've been very what? good, close friends for 20... Six years? 27 how's, years? How is this the first time hearing about it's it? It's a long time. No, Wade. You know we talk all the time. You see a movie. I see a movie. Sometimes we sure. see the movie together. Sometimes we see them separately. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, there's one person I have to talk about this movie with. Absolutely. So we call. We Skype. We Zoom. We do something. We call. And we just, we'll discuss that movie for hours. Mm-hmm. I might be folding laundry on my side. You might be cooking on your side, but it's like we got to talk this movie, and then we're just talking. And for all, next thing we know, we've we've spent two and a half hours. To, we've spent more time than the runtime of the movie talking about the movie. Agreed. And it's always been this way. Happily so. But Wade, do you ever feel like we need to break out of this pattern? Do you ever feel like we need to not just pick a movie and talk about it for hours and hours? Try something new. Well, what would we do? What if we tried to establish a new tenet in film theory? What if we tried to do the next Manic Pixie Dream Girl and define the genre of the best friend quest? Oh, do you think we could do that? I don't know if we could, but I think we should. Oh, I think we really could. Why don't we do that? Let's do it. Let's do Yay! it. And let's talk about how Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar is one of them. Because I just saw that movie. And you did too. Oh, I saw that movie. Oh my god. Oh my god. Wait, when, when did you when did you see it? When did you see the movie? Like a week ago. Oh, oh my really? That's crazy cuz I saw it 6 months ago. <gasps> You're kidding. Yeah, that's <gasps> unreal. Hey, did you hear that? He saw it like last week and we saw it 6 months ago. It's that's crazy. I think we should talk about it. But first, we should do track marks. Oh, wait. Well, well, well for any track marks, why don't we say, hi, I'm Wade. Oh, and I'm Siggy, and this is You Watched It Wrong, the podcast where sometimes we pick a movie to talk about, such as Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. But this time we're not going to do that because we're going to talk about the best friend quest and redefine the hot new subgenre that's taking film commentary by storm. Debuted right here on You Watched It Wrong. You would have heard it wrong first here. You would have heard it. Wait, you would have heard wrong. You whatever. We're gonna lay this down. Mark our words. From now here on out, you're gonna hear the best friend quest on other shows, probably better. But you're gonna. He would have been here first. No, no, they're gonna get it wrong, and I'll complain about it endlessly. Oh no, it'll be like Yacht Rock. Like that's not Yacht Rock. Captain and Tennille doesn't count just because he wears a captain hat. That's the social capital inherent in creating something like this. You can always complain about it when they get it wrong. Awesome. I'm on board. Thanks. Thank you. Snipe it from a distance. That's what I'm <laughs> looking forward to. But first, um, now we're going to go into our... Our, our <laughs> Try opening your mouth until words come out. <laughs> to quote one of my favorite lines from this movie. Oh, I don't know how she does it. Words just fall out of her mouth like hot air from a... You see, I can't do it. <laughs> 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 but I can do this. I can describe how to play the game track marks because I've done it so many times before and I've done it exquisitely every time. 
So here we go. Here's how it works. Often there is a soundtrack album released of an original score composed for the movie. Siggy is going to read off the track names of a particular motion picture soundtrack and using the names as context clues, I have to guess what the name of the movie is. That's right. Uh, exquisite indeed. Because you and were... so, to puzzle you, to beguile you, Wade, and to challenge you, I'm picking uh, another one which I... I would rate this one. I'm not even going to set par. I'm just going to say this one is very difficult. Ooh. Um, uh, fellow listener, um, Joel Watson, shout out to Joel, uh, chided me on text that uh, I didn't get falling down till that far. Yeah, he, had he, said, by, he had it by golf course or whatever, pawn shop. I was like, oh, yeah, I know. Everyone out there was just screaming, I bet. I thought that was a hard Come one. Come on. Just you know. We worship Michael Douglas. Hey, uh, Joel had his moment. That's I, that's all I think that means. He did. He did. And Good I, for Joel. And I'm going to give him that moment, and I want all of you to know it's his. So, but this is going to be mine. Okay. okay. This one's going to be hard. Oh, you, ooh, you think so? Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Chip on the shoulder. Okay. I'm going to, I'm, I'm skipping lots of tracks here, but we're going to go back to them. We're going to address those in a bit. Okay. Oh, so these are not in order. These are in order, but I am. Oh. These aren't necessarily but you're gonna read them out of order they're not contiguous because (laughs) i will be skipping over a lot of tracks about half of them okay (laughs) but we'll get back to them so this has a lot of tracks to it there are a lot of uh there's 20 tracks on uh this this uh issue uh, of the album okay so going straight to track two main titles okay unhelpful track three I'm not going to keep saying the track numbers, but just so you know. Okay. You don't have These to. are going in order, though, of the movie. Fanfare. Fireworks. I, was a, I skipped a lot of tracks to go to Fireworks. Jig. The Storm. Destruction of the Grotto. <gasps> I... I, I don't I don't know it, but I I know I I think I have a soundtrack that has destruction of the grotto. In it. Oh wow! Okay, that's a I gasp of okay. remote recognition. Recognition, but that's the sh- yeah of yeah. recognition. Okay, so keep going. Okay, flotsam and jetsam. Oh, now for some reason I thought Titanic was going to be this, but no, because they didn't actually release a score soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Or they did, but it didn't have the. It's not. Okay, it's not Titanic, because there's no grotto in Titanic. Tour of the <laughs> Kingdom. Bedtime. What, could you repeat that? Bedtime. What we are not. What I am not having right now. And <laughs> uh, Eastern Daylight Time. Wedding announcement. Eric to the rescue, and then there's one called Happy Ending, which is a chorus singing that. Okay. Okay, first big hint. The reason I skipped over all of those other tracks is because those are songs. Okay. Because this is a musical. Oh, so those are all the score selections on the, the soundtrack trial. album. The, the, all the ones I skipped over, which is half of the tracks, 
is the songs from this musical. Fireworks, bedtime. Eric saves the day. Eric to the rescue. Happy ending. Eric to the rescue. So I'm gonna. I'm just gonna highlight the ones I think are might be key. Um, uh, well, fanfare is a fanfare is relevant. Yeah. Somewhat. That should have told me. Um, it was a musical yeah. Of sort. <laughs> Destruction of the Grotto, Flotsam and Jetsam, Tour of the Kingdom. Um, and you might pick up on my tendencies for how I pair the <laughs> right. That's what I'm trying to think. I'm Soundtrack like, album with the movie. Okay, exactly. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start saying uh, the musical tracks now. Okay, the song tracks. Um, wait, 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 um, wait. But wait, I'm gonna skip wait, the giveaway. We can cut this. We can cut this. I just want to. <sighs> Best friend musicals. Destruction of the Grotto. Why? I know this. I have this. Okay. All right. Going. I'm, I'm going to start reading. My head. Let's see. Oh, wow. Okay. The, the opening track is Fathoms Below by um, Ship's Chorus is who it's credited to. And the final track, oh, if I said any of these song titles, it'd, it'd be a dead giveaway. Um, final track is happy ending credited to Disney chorus. Uh, okay. Here's one. <laughs> Any of these is good. Okay. Any of these is going to so give it away. It's a Disney movie, Disney musical. Yeah. There's an Eric in it. Why don't I know this? I know. I know this one's really hard, but it was just too perfect a match. I couldn't, I couldn't pass it up. Well, if it's a best friend quest, well, it's not a best friend quest. Not, well, <laughs> it's not a best friend quest. Okay, it matches in a different so way. So, what you said before about your pairings was it's complete n- bullshit. No, it's not. <laughs> it's it's paired. It's paired in two different ways, actually. Okay, just not in that way. There, are, movies have uh, many dimensions to them. Okay, it's not Aladdin. Daughters it's of not. Triton. I haven't seen The Little Mermaid in forever. So it's not the, that, is it? It's The Little Mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I did For some reason, that's why I couldn't get it. Because <laughs> I just never really cared. Wait, fireworks, bedtime. It's when she's got legs. She's back. She knows she's up right. in. Yeah, none of that she, rang a bell She's now all. part of wow. his world. Yeah, I know. Like the, the meat of no, no, the, no, 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 no. all the underwater stuff is just song after song. It's, you know, part of your world, under the sea. But Destruction of the Grotto. Poor and fortunate souls. Destruction of the Grotto was very familiar to me. And I and it was I kept thinking of They Live, the destruction of Hooverville, the assault on Hooverville. But, um, or not Hoover, it's called something else. But um, yeah, man, like I knew, I knew it would have helped if it was called "Destruction of Ariel's Underwater Grotto," where she keeps <laughs> the stuff from the surface world. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, man! Yeah, I was completely off base on that one. <laughs> I only just thinking, what musical has Under the Seas? Yeah, Lord. that was a really hard All one. Right. I was gonna do okay, okay. No, no, it's let me give you a bonus fine. one. Which I thought was going to be too easy, so I, I skipped it. Okay. All right. Bonus. This is me going to the slow pitch softball batting cage after I strike out a hard ball. <laughs> just to make yourself feel better. All right. 
<clears throat> Arrival. Arrival. <laughs> <laughs> that was track one. <laughs> track two, <laughs> Son of a Bitch. Track three, Cistern slash Old On Lens. Old On Lens? Yes. See, the easy one's okay. going to make me feel stupid. Track too. four. No, it'll it'll, it'll get right. easier. My feelings are not what we're here for. It'll get, it'll get easier. Swab. Accomplishment <laughs> is what we're here for. Swab dog swab slash seagull slash Winslow's story. <laughs> you, you know, I, well, you know what's funny is that they're tied nautically, but I never thought of Barb and Star as a nautical movie, despite no. what But it ends with the mermaid. Um, it ends with the it mermaid. It ends with the mermaid. And yeah, then the absolutely. posters for the little mermaid and Barb and Star go to Beast of the Mar. Like, they have the same all very color nautical, scheme very and, like, the same shape. Like, they have both have, like, very similar layouts. Winslow's stories. Cabin Boy? No. Oh, <laughs> that'd be a good one. Curse Your Name slash Dirty Weather. Murder slash mermaid slash heavy labor. Stranded. It's not splash. Not splash. This is the splash one was way too like every other one is right. Got Madison or John Alan. Candy being funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey babe, I have a twelve inch penis. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> Stranded. The Sea King's Fury, Mermaid Lust slash Stabbing the Charm. Well, I guess is the one I should have gone with. Okay, Mermaid Lust. Mermaid Lust slash Stabbing L- the Charm. Lost. Mermaid Lost. Lust. Lust. <sighs> oh, it is Lust. Okay. Yep. Uh, my favorite of the tracks. Just like me to think it's lust and then decide it's not. <laughs> it couldn't be. Not, a, not with a mermaid. It could possibly be. No, no way. They're so chaste. Okay, my favorite <laughs> track title. Why'd you spill your beans? Question mark. Wow. Maybe I'm you not haven't sure I've seen this one. Maybe you haven't seen this movie. Filthy Dog. The light belongs to me. Okay, you have not. Nothing. You have not seen this movie then. And then the last I, track is Into the Light. Okay, sorry. This is the Lighthouse. Phil Collins. Have you seen the Lighthouse? Oh, that's the Lighthouse. Oh, yes, I have seen the Lighthouse, and I don't think you, you could have named those tracks anything for the Lighthouse. I wouldn't have got it. Oh, okay. I did fall asleep during the Lighthouse. Oh, it was like well, Seagull Murder. All right. Then, yeah, maybe I would have gotten it. Oh, yeah, The Mermaid. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. I loved The Lighthouse. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. I, I, I wanted to love it. There were parts of it that I found so amazingly evocative. I, I, tried, to, I tried to squeeze two movies in at a late night at the Alamo, and it was, oh, yeah. it was too much for my 45-year-old dad legs or my 42-year-old dad legs. Here, Couldn't do it. Didn't have your sea legs about I, you. I, I saw Jojo Rabbit and then right right into that. And so hmm. that's, it wasn't really a great double feature. It's an odd one, two. Yeah. Well, you know, okay. you, you do what's available to you, you know? So, well, yeah. hey, that was, <laughs> that was great. That was laborious. <laughs> well, I hope but you not at your home. Fault. Totally my, 
Totally my fault. Totally my fault. I hope you at home did better than this loser over here. <laughs> apparently sucks at this game all of a sudden. <laughs> I gotta, you know, I gotta create dramatic tension. If it's like, who wants to see I a guess. perfect game? You gotta like, you gotta create underdogs. And That's like, right. What happened to Wade? This was your Roy Hobbs like bleeding from the midsection <laughs> moment. Like this is. As soon as you start, now you gonna you you you. See, you set up too much expectation because in our script, you write, Siggy presents quiz, Wade wins quiz. And that's like, okay, so what What, what am I supposed to do with that? So it creates all these emotions to where I self-sabotage. I have to lose just to disprove the the concept Maybe of destiny. It. Maybe that's it. <laughs> it's just that, you know, I mean, for so long, you always came in under par. I thought I would set a good par, and uh, yeah, you always beat it. So I'm like, well, my par must not be, I'm setting him too high for you. No, no, it's not that. I thought it's, it was harder for you than it turned out to be. So, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know where the needle is. Well, well, no, we don't. Well, that, that that's the great thing about the, the, the game is that um, if it was an intonation game or something where we were choosing moments of what sticks with you, I found nothing evocative about any of those. So, but that was just me responding to those. So if it had been Garden of Souls or uh, pre-Horcruxes or whatever those uh, little uh, Ursula's soul, uh, nothing in that was, to I'm, me was evocative. I'm of tired of your fucking farts. Like a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it was fucking farts, then yeah, totally would have got that. <laughs> or uh, I'm going to shake my head in front, of the, in front of the big beam for a really long time. <laughs> if it had been that, then yeah, okay, I would have got the light out. Robert Pattinson, I don't know, he can like shit the bed for his rest of his career, and I'll always love him for that one monologue. It's such a that's a career defining monologue for me. The, the uh, where he tells off William yeah. the phone. Tired of your fucking thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a great. Okay. Anyway, all right. Well, that's enough of that. We're gonna take a. <laughs> Little break. We're sorry. We're going to get our legs back under us. We're going to figure out how to edit this down. Yeah. <laughs> so we can actually get to the movie before the 22-minute mark. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be right back to discuss Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. You stupid audience full of dummies. <laughs> Welcome to Palm Vista, a Floridian paradise. All your dreams come true here. Every drink is served with ice. We're here to please and pepper. We love our clientele. It's a middle-aged nirvana. At the Palm Vista Hotel. Endless macaroni salad. At the all-you-can-eat buffet. We chop your food with fashion. We change the sheets here every day. Well, almost every day. So get ready for the time of your lives. We're gonna rock your freaking bell. Are you ready for your soul douche? Soul douche. Soul douche. Soul douche. At the pump, it's the pump, it's the pump. Wade. And we're... Oh, sorry. You're, you're running who's the show. Ep- sorry, whose episode ahead. is this? Who's been, this who's, is your who rep. picked this, this one? This is your rep. Okay, all right. This is your rep. I, I, this I, kind of conflict this... between the two friends isn't supposed to happen until later in the in the arc. We're supposed to still <laughs> right. be... But we'll, re- we'll resolve it super early. <laughs> yes, this time around. 
Okay, we'll get to that. So, oh yeah, I meant more, no disrespect. You go with your it's your episode. You go. I, Thank I meant you. No disrespect. I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you agree we're from New York now, so I can you know it makes <laughs> well, things easier if we agree on a geography. <laughs> Wade. Yes. Back in episode forty, Moon. <laughs> Ah yes, I remember episode from. No, it was it was forty. I remember. Yeah, forty. I was being specific. You, you do the general. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Remember when we discussed Booksmart, Super Bad, Good Boys, and Never Going Back? This I remember. That two episodes. <laughs> that two episode stretch, where yes. Yours truly introduced the concept of the best friend quest, which I called the BFF quest, as in the best friends forever quest. <laughs> friend of the Le- friend of the Levi, friend of the Levi, me. Friend of the Levi. Oh, this is off the. Friend rails. of the Levi, me. Read the tweet by friend of the podcast Levi, <laughs> where he <laughs> was running down the his favorite movies he watched in 2020 and yeah. name checked. Never going back, which he said uh, as a hat tip to our podcast. Thank you, Levi. Uh, Thank you. I'm very glad to hear that. Which we call a best friend quest. He's just called it a, he might have even just said friend quest, which is, as you watch it, Ron calls it a friend quest and a good one, something like that. And I'm like, well, no, it's not the friend quest, it's the BFF quest. But like, no, actually, friend quest is catchier. But it's actually best friend quest. It's about best friends. What's key to the what's key to the genre or the subgenre is that they're best friends. Is that they're inseparable, right? Right. And maybe I call it the BFF quest because all the ones we were talking about were about young people, kids, adolescents, right? But yeah, it was you had had uh, Seth and Evan. You had. Oh my god, I forgot their names. Let's run through all the character Whatever. names, even if we can't remember them. I think that's yeah. The, the, the that's good podcasting. The, that's good. Po- <laughs> I was going to get to it, and then well, Barb and Star is the only thing that's floating in my head. Barb and Star, we're going to, but you two, Barb and Star, but Barb and Star aren't kids. Barb and Star, like the whole right. point of Barb and Star is that they're middle aged, right? As I'm watching Barb and mm-hmm. Star, I'm like, this is, this fits into the subgenre. This is has mm-hmm. many of the hallmarks. Not all of them, but many of them. So like, well, when we talked about never going back, I talked about how it subverted, it it very cleverly subverted all the elements of the subgenre, which nobody knows exists except me, maybe. (laughs) How how astute of it to do that. And so maybe what I was doing... It subverted me! (laughs) So watching Barb and Star go to Visa Del Mar, I'm like, oh, well, this fits in, but in some ways it doesn't as well. And so maybe I was being too restrictive. And so what I did is going back to in my ivory tower and tried to... And my ivory board, which is like a white board (laughs) made from elephant tusks. (laughs) And conch shells. And try to reformulate the best friend quest so that it fits in Never Going Back. It fits in Barb and Star Go to Visa Del Mar as long as well as Super Bad, Booksmart, Good Boys. 
and maybe right. maybe some other candidates. So what I would like to do is a framework it's a rich yeah. for this episode for the remainder of this episode unless we start doing track marks again because we just just had to fit more of those in (laughs) is to reformulate talk about my reformulation of the best friend quest subgenre right ah okay okay so okay i'm on board can i take you on a tour take you on a tour of what makes a best friend quest movie sir you can take me by the hand if you want well um hmm. We'll see. Okay. I said, sir. (laughs) So a best friend quest is about best friends. Did you know that? Yes. It's true. (laughs) You know, that might be the most fascinating thing I've heard so far. Not just any old kind of best friends, but they have to be inseparable. These are two Mm -hmm. people who, at the start of the movie, their lives are completely intertwined to the point where one is practically an extension of the other one. Right. They barely have separate identities. One might be the talkier one while one is the quieter one. One might be the clownier one or the brasher one or the more aggressive one, more extroverted one. The other one's more introverted. They might complement each other that way. But basically, one's interests and the other's interests are overlap completely. You know, their Venn diagram is, is a perfect circle. They both just want the same thing. Right. And they do everything together. They Probably at, for like the first half of the movie are going to have zero scenes apart from each other where they're not. They live together. They or, work together. Or they're constantly they're, talking on the whatever. phone or something. Right? right. Okay. They undertake a quest to achieve some sort of escape. Right? So they start mm-hmm. in a state of stasis. But what they're looking for is transformation. Right. They either, ah, if they're nice. kids, which is common in this subgenre, if they're kids, mm-hmm. they're trying to grow up to escape childhood. Right. And right. this often includes some kind of sexual maturity or sexual conquest, right. something getting getting romantic. So that's good boys. That's super bad. Super boy. Super bad, I think, is like still like the textbook example of this genre it hits all the marks like dead in the center right right and does them very well not just well, it, but it's, it's also just like it's a template like it's right. you know if you if you want to write one of these movies just f- use the super bad template it's it, it, it i don't have to equivocate on any on anything in that one okay no, no. right so but if they're not kids who are trying to grow up they might just feel st- stuck in their life circumstance and they're after like a wild time. They're after to change a pace. They need to break out, right? And that's book smart. Right. That's never going back. Whitnail and I, which I just watched, I think fits in, is a weird kind of best friend quest. Um, they're actually after a tame time. <laughs> they're trying to get less wild for a little bit. <laughs> and that backfires <laughs> on them, right? And then... There's Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, who so far, I think, now that I've adjusted this, so we're not just talking about kids trying to grow up, mm-hmm. I think this is like what this movie is for like the first half of it solidly, or at least the first third of it is like all it is about these two people who live the same lives. They sleep in side by side beds. They might as well be up in a platonic marriage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they. They go to work when it's neither of their shifts because 
they just enjoy spending time together right. on that couch, right? And now, all they like they have three places they go to. They have home, they have Jennifer's convertibles, and they have talking <laughs> club. And that's it. Like it's just like it's, that's their life, right? And it's delightful. <laughs> it's it's just yeah, fun. If if they never got fired or if the store never closed, they'd probably pass away having not really had any conflict, right? They would have enjoyed their lives very much. They enjoyed, yeah, they were, they were, you know, there's, okay, there's, you didn't get the there's sense some that they were, did, passive-aggressive conflict and not so passive-aggressive conflict at Talking Club. They might get locked right. out <laughs> if they don't show up on time. There's some petty dictatorship right, they, happening there. <laughs> but they honestly did not see, which I loved Gloria. I, I love that we never got to meet Gloria. <laughs> that she was always stuck outside. I, I yeah. love that. Something that I think could have they could have used with a, another character later, but I'll get to that. Oh, um, tease! But um, uh, what was I going to say? But uh, but yeah, the the interesting thing to me is that they didn't really feel like they were missing anything. Well, well, they they talked about their their late husband and their their the one who the husband who abandoned them. Yeah, you know, there was that loss. But they had each they had each other. They had each other, and they leaned on each other, and they were still happy. You're right? They didn't have. Yeah. They wouldn't have said that they had complete lives, right? They were right. missing. They acknowledged that they were missing something, but it seemed like they had healed. Yeah, they seemed like seemingly you know? healed. It isn't until they lose one part of their uh, world trifecta, <laughs> <laughs> their workplace, uh, that throws them into kind of a. Um, thought there could be something more because there has to be something else because they now have lost this place in their life. Right? Right. And that just that montage of them having that conversation with the Reba McIntyre song, which is like the perfect, <laughs> a brilliant yeah. choice. Even if it's not teasing anything that's coming later, it's just like the perfect song for that scene. Yeah. And <laughs> the way that they both... Play with their necklace while they talk. I don't know. Just like the the small observed details in that scene were just all kind of perfectly placed. The, and the small observed details throughout the movie are perfectly done. I mean, I I would have been happy if this movie was nothing but they're just their comic asides, just the little things they throw off to the side here and there. If all you they're, did was watch them have a fun vacation, it would have. I would have been that, on. I would have been completely satisfied. Yeah, yeah. I was on board for that. They and, had, and, and to some extent, I got that, and I did. I really love this movie. I think it's it was exactly what I needed when I saw it, and I really did love it. But I kind of want to see the version where they it's just them on vacation, and that's it. <laughs> I really want that movie. You want the conflict free version? I mean, well, you know, here, here, I had a great thought, but we'll get to that when we get into the other thing. I had a thought while I was typing notes up that I think could have improved the movie dramatically. Dramatically? Dramatically. Drastically and dramatically. It's a portmanteau. New word! I did it! (laughs) New word! Oh, watch. That one catches on and Best Friend Quest doesn't. Quest doesn't. So jealous. You heard it here first. This is going to break our friendship. (laughs) Oh, no. Siggy. Well, talk talk about why this was just a movie you needed. You said it was like the perfect movie for the moment. The moment being, I well, think, like it came, pandemic it, lockdown. Right. It came out in uh, in um, February, right, of this year? 
Yeah, right in the doldrums of winter. Mm -hmm. So we had the insurrection. We wondered if, I don't think Trump had been kicked off Twitter yet, so we were still wondering what was going to happen. The uh, inauguration just happened. We're all kind of still at a Twitter. We're looking for change. Uh, No, he uh, got kicked off Twitter right after the insurrection. Oh, okay. So I guess he did get too far. Okay, great. But everything's, we're trying to figure out where everything's falling. And glad to see, by the way, you haven't like magnetized your brain to wipe the memory of January 6th at you. You remember that you actually saw all the hours and hours of video footage from that day and that that happened. Yeah. So thank you for it. Good to know. So, but that's just it. We're we're, we're twisted in all this stuff and we're waiting and wondering and, and. and like our consequence is going to happen. Everything is so dark. Everything is so whatever. And then here comes this movie. Bright, high key lighting, which I normally don't like. But I'm really was, into high key high, lighting in comedies these days. After it's hot. After Palm after Springs, what? I'm like, this is why. This is you know, shoot comedies, more right. comedies this way. Well, high, awesome. Palm Springs. Was high, it had it had some darker texture to it. I think that I I liked a lot. Uh, I, I don't like when comedies look like Dumb and Dumber. They don't like just all high key. That has a place, but I, I normally find them not that. I find them visually uninteresting. Barb and Star was like bomb to a tortured soul. It was like and it was high key, but it wasn't flat. You know, yeah, Dumb and Dumber no, is flat. No. It's flat cinematography. There's right? no choices being made yeah. there. It just could be TV, right? Right, it could be TV. Yeah. And 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 this is rich. It's 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 turquoise and yeah. coral pink. It pops. And, and things that we things that every other movie has avoided, you know, for so long. Every other movie. And that's a big that's a big, that's a big statement. What do you mean? Well, it seems, well, I guess, I guess, or maybe I've avoided that for so long in terms of I'm, oh, well, my movie's dark. And then, <laughs> where is she? And then, like, he, and then this movie comes along. I was just doing Batman for some reason. I was just thinking of uh, dark, okay. gritty shit. Right. And so, the, um, the most memorable line from Batman, of course. Yes. Where, yeah, exactly. Well, I was trying to go, I thought the voice would carry it, but I guess it didn't. Um, but this was just like, it, it was so vibrant. And alive and happy feeling, it was exactly what I needed. Which makes yeah. the beginning delightful. It was, de- it was it was delightful, full of delight. I hadn't, I hadn't been this delighted by movies since Paddington Two. Which, when you watch Paddington Two, mm. you're like, "This is just delightment in pure form." This I still is have to see that. Although I can't imagine oh. a movie shot in London Del- having this color scheme. <laughs> delightment. This is delight, like concentrated and injected into your veins. That's Paddington Two. It's just. You can't help but feel good watching that movie. The Age of Enlightenment. Yeah, Enlightenment. That's my new other second second word, baby. Two new words today. I forget what the first one was. And so, yeah, it was exactly what I needed. And and the great to me, the great part was the filmmakers just wanted you to have a good time. They wanted to have a good time, and they just did it, which makes it all the more disappointing in a way because they were in a movie that where they were like, we could do anything we want. Because we're just wanting to have a fun time. And then they choose a standard super villainous plot of a plot to destroy a community that these two get tangled up in. We'll get to that. As as the thing to hang their jokes on. And I'm like, you know what? You could have done anything. Why did you choose to do that? Yeah. I would have gone with anything you were going. And I did go with anything. And for the most part, I was fine with it. Absolutely fine with it. Four star movie out of five. I totally, I'm fine with that. 
Um, but it, it is curious. The focus on just two people who were uncomplicated, but I knew exactly who they were, and I delighted in them showing me who they were at every turn. I, I just loved it. I just love watching them pack. That was a great montage. <laughs> it doesn't even really have jokes yeah. in it. It kind of has a, a pseudo joke in it, but it was just, I don't know. You just like got a feel for these people. Like they're just like mm. idiosyncratic. Uh, just the little interactions between them. That's the whole reason for watching the movie. Really nothing else. And so the movie. Uh, the movie's, Great chemistry. Um, Great color chemistry scheme. between yeah. them. Absolutely. And the movie's um, color scheme, I think, fits. Like, when you think of colors to match how they f- interact with each other, and those are the colors that come up. So it's perfect. I like it how when they're in Nebraska, it's not like it's not like the Matrix where, like, the cinematography is different. It's just that... <laughs> It's just that they live in, you know, this, like, the set dressing is earth tones and, and everything. I mean, they yeah. get to Miami, it's like, the, and now all of a sudden the colors are, like, otherworldly. Like, we've entered a new world. Like, you yeah. know, it's like a new right. uh, a new reality. But it's not like they put a different filter on the lens or they did, like, a different digital color correction no, or something. No, yeah. But it's just, like, suddenly this is the world. is You've taken the same camera you're using and you've brought it into this other world. Yeah, right. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I like that. To the point where, like, when 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 uh, Barb goes up to the bar near the end, and the bartender says, "We like having you here," she's like, "I like being here." And you just keep thinking, you think that's the moment where, the, as the viewer, you go, "Why don't you just stay here? <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Let's just stay here. Why, you know?" Well, why do they go? So they go because. They, I think, I think it's a characteristic of the best friend quests. If I can get back to my yes. whiteboard, <laughs> um, <laughs> that this isn't like the Goonies, where they discover a treasure map and now they're off on an adventure. Right? This isn't. It's not something right, that happens no. to them. It's always a decision that they make. They initiate their own. Like we need to get out of our circumstances. We need to grow as people somehow. Right, mm-hmm. and so then they embark on on this journey. It's precipitated in this one though by them getting fired. Right. I mean, right. not to bring up, to even bringing up, we brought up Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber fits the same thing too, because Jim Carrey gives his friend gives Jeff Daniels the whole speech about we should go to uh, to where the beer flows like wine. But there's like Remember gangsters the chasing them because of a. Uh... But they don't know that. They don't know that. That's true. They. Remember, he convinces Jeff Daniels to go because he's got Lauren Holly's like briefcase, and he wants to return it to her to be shiver to see if he can, you know, get her to hmm. fall in love with him. Is that like the Goonies treasure map? I don't know. That's like something it kind that, of is. That's not. That's like something that happens to them, like a, a an unusual circumstance. I guess getting right. fired is too. I don't know. Maybe we're testing. Yeah, you're right. Two different things because in Dumb and Dumber, Jim Carrey basically he's had this weird opportunity. A completely misguided one, but he sells it as a transformation. Well, maybe that's like you know? Wendy McClendon Covey. Covey telling it's like them getting fired, then Wendy McClendon Covey telling them about the trip she took. Maybe right. that's maybe that's the same kind of kickoff. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen Dumb and Dumber in a long time. I just think of my favorite line from the movie. Yes. Yeah. When they come back after uh, the Danny Aiello, right? Not. Danny Aiello, <laughs> like the poor man's Danny Aiello, who always right. plays Mike Starr. Mike Starr. Is that his guy's name? 
after he, like, I'm going to teach him a lesson. They come back and says, Tweety's dead. What happened? His head fell off. <laughs> That's my favorite line from that movie. Yeah. His head fell. Yeah, he was pretty old. <laughs> I just love Jeff Daniels makes that movie. He play, Jim Carrey's he being plays Jim Carrey. He's, so, he's, he's generally so sad that this tragedy befell his Tweety. That's what's so great about him is that he just he just yeah anyway. But, but was it Letterman who asked him or was it Conan who asked him? So for this movie, did you research d- dumb people? <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff is like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I just acted dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. <clears throat> oh man! So okay. that was a, that was a hot take. Jeff Daniels made that movie. That was a real hot take, Wade. <laughs> well, you know who almost makes oh, this boy. movie is Wendy McClendon Covey, who in her like one little scene, huh? she's got one scene, yeah. and she's uh, what is the line she gives? Like my dermatologist is gonna get mad at me because I soaked up some UV rays. Like her line <laughs> reading on that, like she's so <laughs> delighted that her. She's gonna get skin cancer. Was it her that said that that it was like a soul douche? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was. Uh, she was always my favorite in Reno Nine One One, and I haven't really seen her in yeah. anything since. I was like, why haven't I seen her in more stuff? And then I looked it up. She's and in like, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like she was in Bridesmaids. I don't remember her in Bridesmaids at all. Yeah. Though I'm sure when I saw her in Bridesmaids, I was like, oh yeah, it's her. It's Clemmy. Seymour was. Nisi Nash, I was clemmy, but both of yeah, us, yeah. those were our two favorite from Reader Nine One One. But yeah, Wendy, she's she's really. I, I don't really watch the Goldbergs, but I'm glad she's got such a high profile. I, well, that's I'm like, oh yeah, she's a star of the Goldbergs, which I've never watched. I'm like, I guess I've been missing out there. Uh, oops. She's the she's she's your favorite one that you refuse to watch. Well, it's not like I'm. <laughs> sought her out. I didn't want to stalk her career and <laughs> be a weirdo. It's called being a fan. I thought, yeah, I'm yeah. not a weirdo. I'm not going to watch that show just because she's in it. Yeah. Got to give me another reason. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Yeah, she's really good. But that's, that's so that precipitates their escape. And so they go, they make they take the plunge. They say, "Okay, we have to go on this quest. We need to experience something new." They they have to the talk that where we bring up the the men in their lives who have left them in one way or another, and they're like, we we need we need this we need this for ourselves. So they do it, and they go, and they get to the lobby, and they're just like, get off the the the, the shuttle bus, and they're like, yay! And we get the big song number. Did you like this? Did you like the song number? But With like like a bunch of non singers, it seemed like. Yeah. I by the way, I love the plane ride. The plane oh ride, yeah, the Trish. I absolutely the love Trish. Uh, dialogue <laughs> this 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 endeared me to them like nothing else in the movie i really well no no that's not true but like i really was endeared to them on this and then the the uh the you know the, what they could the do the is set up a couple mics and they could be doing a, a trish podcast that's what they could be doing. they totally could they totally should and they should to the point where later when they find the trish uh, license plate i applauded it was like, I can't believe you found this one. And I was like, yeah. Do you think that's the mermaid's license plate? Do you think that's her car? I, I, I wish they hadn't done that. 
I, I wanted I didn't want Trish never needed to enter the story. Trish yeah. should have just been I agree. In her mind. It, that was a creation of theirs. The fact that it she appears as a mermaid later was I I Maybe it I means really something that like the that. fact that they something they imagine like becomes real in the world, like they're creating. I tried to go that way. With they're it. creating their own reality. Like you, you can make your dreams come true. Like is that what that's? Maybe that's what that's saying. Maybe, maybe. It's saying Reba McIntyre still looks uh, remarkably good uh, at her at her age, and mm-hmm. um, you know <laughs> hasn't quite gone full Dolly Parton in terms of. <laughs> facial surgeries <laughs> like tempered that a little bit right <laughs> but yeah no i i i as much as i love reba mcintyre i would i wish i wish they hadn't done that trish could have just been but that would have this would have, this would have fall into my full rewriting of the whole kind of movie All right. by omitting that section okay we'll give you but, your opportunity to do later run down your your cut list Okay, well, let's get back to, if you don't mind, what we're yeah, all here for. That's why we're here. It's what we're here for, exactly. The best friend quest. Okay, so best friend quest, you might be trying to escape childhood. You might be trying to escape your doldrums. You might be trying to enter the new chapter of your life. Whatever it is, the quest you're undertaking is meant to be transformative. It's, yes. it's you're seeking a form of freedom. They're all forms of freedom. They're all about... That's what it all boils down to. That's like the theme of all of them is trying to get some kind of freedom that will be transformative, change their lives. And at the beginning, they're in a form of stasis. Their friendship is a form of stasis. It's like a form of stability. Yeah. The fact that they together are seeking transformation is going to challenge that stasis, right? These things, this, is, this is super bad in a nutshell. These things are inevitably yeah. in tension now, whether they realize mm-hmm. it or not. Right. They they have they have elected to stir the pot of their friendship, basically. Right. So what happens? What happens to Barb and Star? Well, a staple of the genre happens in every single example we can come up with, although dumb and dumber, I don't know, is that they enter a chemically altered state. Right. Yeah. Every yes, there is that. Every every one of them. This is a big part of it. Sometimes, in the best friend quest, it's the object of the quest. Right. And super bad. It's all about like the MacGuffin is scoring alcohol for this party. Right. That's how they're gonna McLovin, not MacGuffin. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's both. Right. And so <laughs> it is both. It is both. <laughs> they're gonna. <laughs> They're going to score alcohol so they can score chicks, right? And good boys, right. they're going to take three, Thor's going to take three sips of beer. And Whitnail and I is just about staying under the influence of chemicals the entire time. I keep saying Whitnail because that's how I always read it. It's Withnail, which is yeah. weird. Um, is Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas a best friend quest? I need to rewatch that and find out. Maybe. I always... I don't think they're actually best friends. I don't think they're actually friends at all. <laughs> I always felt that was like they were they were like... Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like Dr. Gonzo seemed to be not a toady, but like a, just a tag along. He's a, it's a, he's a sidecar on the adventure. I don't think they're actually friends. Right, yeah. I don't think that's even... No. I don't think they even think that they're friends. They're not even like deluding themselves about that. So probably not. 
Anyway. No. Other times, the chemical influence is an accident, involuntary, and it's a set piece, a key set piece in, in the movie. Often kicks off like the next chapter in the adventure, right? And this is the ones we... This would be Booksmart. This would be Never Going Back. That's right. Be... Booksmart with the LSD, Never Going Back with Pod Cookies. For Barnstar, it's the buried treasure. So they're at the, the bar, treasure. hanging out <laughs> at the hotel bar. Um, uh, happened to be by, next to Edgar. By, by the way, like... I, as much as I love that scene, I think that's actually a really great scene. Uh, and there's few there's few bad scenes really, but it's stretching credulity to think that in Florida someone couldn't finish a fishbowl of liquor. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of a I mean Stretch, it's, it's, it's a gag. stretching credulity because they don't even seem yeah. like sloshes. They don't even seem no. The no, only no. reason they were able to finish it is because they're so innocent that they didn't conceive it could be that bad. Like it didn't right you know. Right. They figured it must be harmless, despite what they've been told, right. and that's why they were able to finish it. That's what it. That's, 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 I think that's the joke, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're right. It stretches credulity. It's it's unreal, but it's it's, it's part of. <laughs> but I'm I'm I was happy to go with it. Yeah. Well, my favorite moment and also in that it. a bar <laughs> that a bar would serve something that had three altered uh, controlled substances in pill form. (laughs) Three pills. It just happens to have three pills at the bottom. Exactly. (laughs) The bottle of syrupy liquid. Like, oh, yeah, we we drank that. (laughs) I like how it has the skull and crossbones next to it on the menu. But my favorite detail is when the bartender, George the bartender, comes back to, to see that they've, in shock, that they have drained the bowl. When he's coming back, he's doing the arm roll dance. He's like doing a little, <laughs> like the whitest cruise dance <laughs> behind the bar, and he like interrupts it immediately because like, what? You finished? You finished that? Um, and then they took the three pills. We each took one. I took one. Jason, coffee moment. I had one. I had one. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your buried treasure. And now, treasure. now right. their oh boy inhibitions are gone. Right? This is this is right. part of losing your inhibitions. The best friend, right? This is what the freedom they're seeking. Freedom, boy, they got more freedom than they bargained for because everything has fallen away. The rest of the world doesn't exist, and now they're just. Doing whatever. Now we're going to find out how they really feel about each other. Squeezing each other's right. boobs on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> Ending up in a menage a trois. Stacked up. Bras on. I got to start keeping a tally of bras yeah. on sex scenes. Mayor of East Town. Kate Winslet. No spoilers. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was going to say, Kate Winslet, never right. shy about nudity. She has the... She, HBO never shy about that. Well, HBO's changed. HBO's, I think they took the Game of Thrones criticism to heart because ever since then, thank God, they're not, we're not pushing the boobs in our faces as much anymore. So Kate Winslet has a quote: "People actually are watching not for the boobs; they're actually watching for the the quality." Story. I mean, they always yeah. were, but like the boobs were like a signifier that you were watching something serious. Yeah, yeah, I know. They, Ironically, they, that, was, that was in there. That was in their whole manifesto. It was kind of like, like you need to have this thing so you know that it's not just TV. You can't get this 
anywhere else, right. you know. Right. And this, so, yeah, but you're on HBO. We, That's why yeah. this is how we're going to remind you. We got it. <laughs> right. Where were we? Oh, stacked. Okay. So they're stacked up. I think, I think they found the funniest order for them to be stacked. They did. They found the funniest Good order. Good job. I think, th- I think there was thought into who should be on the bottom, who should be on the top, who should be in the middle. It worked out. The fact that they had a three-way with their bras on, I think, is funny. Now, they also all had their underwear on, because when Anne Mumolo falls off, you see that all three of them are wearing their underwear. So you think there was non-penetrative? No, there was, because, because remember later she sits down and she says... Did we last night? Did we? And then Star goes, Yes, a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not weird about it. I like that they're just like, Yeah, that's that's the greatest part is that they're yeah. not weird. This is a movie that's, uh, I, I think, um, comfortable with sex in a very welcome way. Absolutely. I mean, you, you do sit there and you go, Well, that can't not affect the. Re- friendship or relationship in some way and it's not even like there's a hint that they had sex or that they wanted to have sex with each other right right all along it was like it was this just was like just, well we were just what partying with that edgar night. and we were both there and yeah right 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 i like that so so we go through the we go through the chemically altered state right next element of best friend quest is that they're seemingly hindered by a kooky character Someone who doesn't observe mm. the boundaries of their society, but who unwittingly unlocks their own in- inhibitions and allows them to progress towards their goal. So for Star, this is Edgar. Edgar is yeah. this new presence in her life who is mostly it unlocks her sexual desire, her her ability to to pursue physical pleasure again. Right. Right. And so she decides, I I shouldn't see you. It would be a betrayal to Barb. But let's fuck just once. Okay, I liked that. Let's fuck just one once more time. <laughs> right? Then she's treating this kind of healthy romantic relationship as an addiction, as like a something to hide. Yeah. Like, we got to do this behind Barb's, Barb's back, but we're going to keep doing it. Let's just keep doing it over and over again. And so that's that's funny. I mean, it's fun to watch her together with Edgar and yeah it it's it's funny because Edgar is like tortured by his feelings for her that he feels like he's betraying this really uh ersatz relationship with the the villain who we'll get to which leads to early candidate for song of the year yes seagull on the tire or whatever <laughs> i don't know what the song is called whatever it's called it's so good. But uh, that that's definitely was the highlight of the movie. That whole, <laughs> I'm climbing a tree because a cat climbed a tree because I don't know what. I know, but it's also an impressive effect of, of him climbing that tree like a, like a cat would climb a tree. It's refreshing for tree. Yeah. But just that he sings to the seagulls in the sand and then goes back to the seagulls in the, on the tire. Yeah. That was a great one. Do you have more? Those are really great sequence. Um, now, Edgar a little is a little bit of that for for Barb too, not just Star. Well, okay, and Barb gets her own thing later because Barb goes to him first and then decides she can't go mm-hmm. through with it. She can't portray her friend. Right. 
And then we get the funny bit where when Star goes to see him, we get all the same scenes, all the same, her version of all the same dialogue, same exact camera angles and movements. Very well done. Production very well done to make it all match. Barb says, Barb says, when Ron died, I stopped living too. I mean, I'm I'm not dead. I'm alive. I'm not a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) So Barb decides she can't go through with it, but Star says, I'm going to go through with it, and I'm coming back for seconds and thirds and fourths and and fifths. That that great line of like, Barb thinks I'm... Barb thinks I'm taking a nap. Uh, it means she's going to find out, which means we have to be quick. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, how does how does Star not seem like the bad guy at this point? Well, she does seem like the bad guy, but she's only rewarded for it. Yeah, this is this is where I think the movie start like. Like, I remember starting to feel bad when they started to have a division. And then I'm thinking to myself, but wait, this is what, if there's no division, there's no coming, returning to heal, there's no growth. So that's what movies are. You can't just have them never not have a conflict. But I didn't want them to have a conflict. But when they did that, then it feels so one-sided. Like, you're just, like, like, like I thought they were going to come back around in a more organic way, and they just didn't. It's very asymmetrical, Um, right? It's very asymmetrical. So, so Edgar, so Star and Edgar carry on this prolonged sexual affair. Prolonged meaning it lasts what two days? I don't know how long, how long it goes. Meanwhile, for Barb, what is she doing? She's just going through all the things that they had already planned to do. She doesn't have like a new thing that she takes on. Her own, other than the thing that she was scared to do, she was scared to do something. And snort was it, and then she did it, right? Didn't she like? Uh, was there? There was some activity that she wasn't going to do, but Star was going to be there to help her through it, and she wasn't there because she was lying and being with someone else. So then she did it herself and found a new sort of gro- like I did it. I could do that. Which right? was did it? Because she waits for the banana boat. The banana boat was the and big she, thing that they were going to build up to, and she consciously right. like I'm going to wait for. Star, I can't do that I'm, one I'm without wait Star. For Star. Right. My, which, by the way, my, my grandmother's name was Star. Really? Yeah. Uh, Star was her middle name, but she went by Star. She never wanted to be called Granny, and she didn't like Grandma, and she didn't like the Southern Mama, which was what my other grandmother went by. I, I've never, I'm spelling it weird, but she, she went by, she goes, call me Grinny, Grinny Star. She didn't like Granny, so she was huh. Grinny Star. That's what she went by. Grinny Star, she was the not, best. not by her last name, by her middle name. She went That's by her middle name, yeah. That's how she went by, and uh, she was a, she was probably one of the most amazing women I've ever met, I've ever known. And now she's a star in the firmament. Yeah, Leveda Star. What her first name was Leveda. Leveda, Leveda Star. See, if she went into showbiz, she could have just been Leveda Star. That would have been a great Leveda Star. Would have yeah. been a great name. So, you know, if I had a daughter, I probably would have made her middle name Star and then I would have caught no end of shit from it from all my friends because I'm a movie buff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you I mean, you're right. Stars that does seem incredibly asymmetrical and like you start to feel bad for Barb because you're like this started in a three-way. There's that's equal three parts. Yeah. 
I want Barb to get some sex during her vacation, right? right? At least but, she should get to fuck Tommy Bahama when she meets him. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I mean that's a catch right there. Let me tell you. But like the 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 thing that I was that's weird about it is that Barb starts to have her realization that was great, but now I'm acting worse than I want to be. And I value this. And she kind of has her kind of moment of growth at the end of her conversation with Edgar. But then Star chases the same steps and doesn't take that. But then you go, but wait, no, but she's growing in a different way. And then Barb kind of has her growth separately over here. And I think maybe that's more it. It kind of, maybe it set up an expectation. Maybe the the fact that it was a three-way first set up a an expectation of uh, three equal parts. And then what the movie ended up doing is saying they both had to find the holes they were filling. No pun intended. The <laughs> holes they were filling um, weren't something that they could do together. They had to do separately. Right? Hmm. And then, it, and then, then once that was done, they, they, they didn't, un, like super bad, they didn't grow apart or are expected to grow apart. But instead, they they came back together better. Maybe that's what the movie was trying to do. I, I think what the movie's trying to do, I think the movie's trying to do two things. They're, they're trying to, they do grow separately. They each have their yeah. own growth apart right. from each other, right? They don't have right. the, oh, what I, it turns out what I was going for isn't what I wanted after all, which is what right. most of these movies do. For both right. of them, they do find fulfillment mm-hmm. apart from each other. And then they just come back together and say, yeah, everything's fine again. We still like each other. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. We don't have to leave that part of ourselves. Like, none of that was misguided. You know, I found, right. I got to meet Tommy Bahama and uh, I did some, you know, athleisure activities that I was a little nervous about. <laughs> I found fantastic sex and romance and, and love and fulfillment. Um, it doesn't seem quite... Quite on 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 the same level, but uh, let's just say though that Edgar's got some baggage. Let's not discount that. (laughs) Edgar's got baggage from the kookiest character of them all, who (laughs) who almost doesn't fit. Who really kind of doesn't fit in the movie. How does she on any level? Movie. What is going on here? Why do we open? Why do we open on this this long sequence of yo yo? Singing while delivering newspapers. Yeah. All because they have to destroy the evidence of the scientists that we're going to meet for one scene. No, that's not why this is here. Right? We didn't need that explanation. Why is that? Why is that here? Why do we start with the first 10 minutes of the movie in this layer? Well, I don't know if it's 10 minutes. It feels like it. It's like, it feels like a long long time. I was completely flummoxed. Well, rather, well, I was both flummoxed and uh, um, titillated because I was like, oh my God, what what are they doing? This is not at all what I expected. Yeah. So the beginning, the first opening sequence with the paperboy thing was really exciting. But then at the same time, I thought, oh, so this is going to be like one of these movies. I didn't... One of what movies? necessarily want that was that I didn't think it was going to. I, I literally thought it was just going to be Barb and Star vacationing. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect a spy, supervillain, evil lair. Didn't expect Doctor Evil. <laughs> didn't expect the movie to open on Doctor Evil and Mini Me. 
Exactly. And and it didn't yeah. the, the that correlation didn't occur to me until just before, you know, we started with uh that it is kind of like an Austin Powers template taking some of the the more things that worked about that like the whole it got weird, didn't it? Joke scene and extend that into a entire character arc, you know. Um that kind of deflates me a little bit on this movie thinking it in those turns. Um because they didn't need any of it. I mean, it was I mean, funny. I, I it loved was funny. it. Absolutely was funny. I'm not saying it wasn't. I loved the bit. One of my top three line readings. I have my I have my three favorite line readings from the movie. One of them is when the scientist when they show those mosquitoes killing the cow, and the scientist is like, "But we're doing this because there are rabid herds of animals in South America." And I was. <laughs> I was helping. I was doing a, a good thing, right? Like he's he's talking through like right. the lies he was told as he realizes they were lies. It's brilliant. Which, which honestly brilliant is a is a it really was because honestly that is a huge thing about our, the world's history that is really important to point out. But then also the ridiculous nature of what did you think? Deadly control mosquitoes <laughs> would ever be used for now. Now that it's done, now that I'm saying it out loud, I think it's... <laughs> I got carried away. I guess. Yeah. I I was one of your other lines. Yo Yo's response to her tragic tale of youth. What was his, what was your other what line? was his line? I don't remember it. Uh, when she when she tells her whole backstory. About why she wants to destroy Vista Del Mar because of her humiliation. Yeah. That he goes, I think all your feelings are valued and this is definitely the answer. <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. Uh, no, my other two... <laughs> my other two favorite lines were... Um, I I'm not, don't know if I'm going to get the line exactly right, but... Uh, last night when we were doing that new position and your tongue was way inside me... Your jaw got so deep. I think oh. it touched my heart. <laughs> I I just saw that a little bit ago, and it was not tongue; it was dong. Your dong, dong? got so inside me. Your dong. Your okay. dong got so oh, far up inside thought, me okay. that I think it touched my heart. I thought it was jaw. I thought she was describing oral sex. Okay. No, she said dong. Dong. I think it touched my heart. Like just that she, yeah, it was pretty funny. She turned so tender at that at the end of that yeah. line. It was great. But my number one, the line I think about most was the one I, the the one I used as a segue. You stupid town full of dummies. Was... <laughs> yeah, I mean the character of Karen Sharon Fisherman is is a good one. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I was a little worried about where they were going with. The vilification of of a genetic with defect skin disorder, yeah, right. Like, well, defect, a defect, you know, a, a genetic difference, right? You know, well, right. not being able to be out in the sun, okay, like that's not yeah. good. That'll lead to problems. That'll lead to health problems, right? It's hard to not go outside right. in a life. Um, I mean, I, I think she, you know, it's interesting. She set up as a foil for Barbara Starr. They're going out and exploring in the world, and here's Sharon Fisherman who can't go out and explore. Like she's forced right. to stay down in a, an underground lair her entire life because but whenever she tries she to go out, been, she gets hurt. 
Yeah, she gets hurt right. or, or ridiculed. Through no fault of her own, right? So, Through no fault of so her own. So they're all about going and doing new experiences, and she can't do new experiences, and so she hates the people who, who can. And, you know, like, template, like, that's that's a good, like, hero construction, right? If you needed that, but, or uh, villain construction. If you needed that kind of villain in your story. <laughs> but you don't. I think, Why I think is, more, but, yeah, you, this, but you don't this, in this story. You don't. You really don't. I, I think more. I think more because in the end, the end confrontation, they basically spell it all out, and they basically say the reason, the the difference between Sharon and Barb and Star is that Barb and Star are friends and have friends, and Sharon does not. Sharon is not allowing anyone to get close to her after her. I, I guess. I, I guess this is it. I, I've written down why. Why was Maria Margolis in this mentioned in this movie? The one girl who befriended her, and then hey, yeah. they were, in the flashback, he goes, "There's this one girl that befriended me and treated me as an equal." And then we were walking to her casa. She, an alligator jumped out and swallowed her whole. <laughs> right. And why is and that so, there? I guess that's uh, now that I'm thinking about it. I think that's there because she's like, I don't want to have a friend again because I will experience loss. So I'm not actually going to have friends. Hmm. But then what she re- that's what she actually really needs because Barb and Star have been able to weather their all their problems in their life because of their bond, right? I mean, they were able to weather their the loss of their husbands and um, and continue to basically keep living on in a rather chipper disposition until they lost their employment and then they started to then then together they embarked on this journey to kind of help themselves. Sharon, I I guess only has wealth to command people what to do i mean you think yo-yo is kind of her friend in a way but that's not really i guess friendship so much well yo-yo doesn't even get a personality he just gets kind of a disposition (laughs) and then you've also got edgar who's dying to get close to her to be a, a figure in her life an intimate figure in her life and she's not wanting she does not want that and for the longest time you wonder why yeah we don't get any clue as to what edgar Steele really is that he <laughs> why, well, we why he is for, the way first, he is <laughs> you're right we don't really know why although the thing was i did really laugh hard when i mean it's an obvious thing but i thought jamie dornan's performance was so funny when uh and, and actually uh affecting when when he goes i'm uh think about are you thinking about moving on to something? And, and then Star says something more official, and he's like, oh, "More official." <laughs> it's like the one thing he's been wanting. Like less even than Sharon, he just wants to be official with somebody, <laughs> <laughs> which means acceptance, which means he's being accepted into somebody's heart. Whereas Sharon was apparently, you know, telling him they would be a romantic partner, but was never accepting him. Right. So like, uh, uh, I love that we're going diving into yeah. into this comedy, <laughs> like this, because these movies they have to, even if they're comedies, they have to work. They have to work as stories. Oh yeah, for, for them, right? Only you have to care the, about. The, I mean, uh, right. you have to care about the characters, or but, none of it's going to matter. Right. But this is a very very interesting case because I don't think they needed half the stuff they had in this movie, and it would have been better. And I submit they could have kept Edgar, kept 
his relationship to Sharon, even kept Sharon and the plot and the mosquitoes and all that stuff and his role in it. But if we just never met Sharon, unless maybe at the end. There's like this supervillain plot that we only learn about elliptically. I think Barb and Star being wrapped up in this thing just was more forced than something to hang the the, the, the jokes on. And so I, I actually think it would have been funny if they had, um, if Star had met someone who just happened to be a member of a terrorist plot, but then he throws that away for her, right? You know, it's, and, and like, and that's just, that's just his baggage. It's not the story. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a real cliche. You go yeah, on yeah, vacation, yeah. you meet the international spy. They're leading a double life. They don't let you in on their terrible secret. You fall in love. You find out their secret and now you have to yeah. decide whether you're still in love with them. It's just, you know, I mean, that's like a real, exactly. that's its own. We've seen that movie a million times, right? And so we, we do get some funny business with Sharon Fisherman. Just the problem is I don't think Sharon Fisherman is as funny as Star is. That's true. That's true. Right? Yeah. Even though she's a much more outlandish character, right. just all that business. It's funny, but yeah. I would rather just watch Star be Star. And it really feels like I don't know. It's like they it's like they couldn't fill out the the plot. I mean, what is so uh, yeah. so? Getting back to the best friend quest, I'll, I'll bring this back to Sharon Fisherman. So, in the best friend quest, typically, the two friends realize that their goals are different. They're going to pursue different goals mm-hmm. from each other. They have a big falling out, right? Um, they go their separate ways. Now they're pursuing separate interests for the first time. They realize that that's not what they thought it was all chalked up to be. They might get it, and it's not what they thought it was going to be, right. or it's unattainable or something. Usually they, they, they encounter it and like, oh, this isn't actually really what I wanted or what I thought it was going to be, or I need the support of a friend to, to get through it, something like that. And so they yeah. realize how, just how much they meant to each other, you know, they, they, just what they took for granted, and then they come back together, and their bond is either stronger or in the case of good boys, which I thought was a really mature ending to good boys, <laughs> great ending to a, a bad movie. They realize that they've yeah. moved past their friendship, that they, you know, that, that they can't get it back, um, that they have grown, grown past it and that something's been yeah. lost uh, along the way. Uh, or it, never going back where it was never even <laughs> intention at all at any point. They were all completely... Their interests right. never, never divided. And Barb and Star, they do go their separate ways, but like we, like we said, it's this completely asymmetrical thing. Star starts a new romance and relationship. Barb just has vacation that, that she already planned. <laughs> and then they get back together, and then it's like immediately resolved. Like it's all they, to, all they have to do is jump off a cliff in their culottes and like, oh, everything's fine. And the role. Sharon Fisherman plays in that is she forces Edgar to turn against Star, right? Mm -hmm. We get this weird sequence that I don't, I think that's like the one sequence with Barbara Star that I think doesn't 
work where Barb goes back and like listens through the door and hears the plot. Oh, right. But then like can't doesn't do anything with that information except to confront Star, but then they're immediately tied up and like it doesn't like the dynamics yeah. of their relationship are kind of driven it's like how they find out that they've been lying to each other, but right. it doesn't come to a head because they're not forced to resolve it themselves. It's that now they have to deal with yeah. Sharon Fisherman, you know, this weirdo supervillain, and that forces them to just like say, well, we have to stop her from killing a town full of people. And oh, yeah, we're still friends and like each other, and I'm happy you're in love, and yada, yada, yada. It's like, it just feels like yeah. it all kind of gets masked over because it's, happens like it's overlaid like a sandwich around like one of the best gags in the movie which is the culottes payoff when they jump off the cliff really was the that was one of the best gags in the movie i felt that was pretty perfunctory it was but it, 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 i thought i set it up really well you know okay. it was silly it felt it felt like barb and star <laughs> i don't know it's silly it's fantastic yeah. it paved the way for the mermaids to come that's for sure and so like that's like if you're thinking about like why why did they when they're writing this why did they put this in here um is that they didn't know what the climax of their movie was and like them just having a falling out and getting making up wasn't working and so they needed something to drive that um they needed something to complicate the relationship between Star and Edgar. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. I. I, I agree. It does. It's an odd fit. Um, but that's like that's kind of what it does. Like that's its function. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. The more we we break it down and talk about it, the more it makes sense. But I think in in the presentation, it's kind of it feels like it all gets glossed over. Like 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 you you would say that if these two weren't going to address it themselves, then the comp, the external conflict forces them to, but the way that they present it, it's just kind of like, like, I, 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 I don't mind the, the tertiary plot or the, 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 uh, Sharon's, uh, the evil plan forces them to reconcile their own personal, uh, issue. That's fine. That's actually a good. That's that's great. Yeah. Um, but what was weird was that it was just so not a big deal when they did it. The what I <laughs> well what I like about it was that their actual thing was just like we didn't like that we were lying to each other. Yeah. And I'm sorry for lying to you. And that was it. And like, but yet something that in in relation to the rest of the events of the movies is kind of small is very big to them because they value each other that much. So like that's was the sweet part. And I would have liked that to have felt be a bigger moment because it was a big moment for them, you know, to admit that we lied to each other and we're sorry and we're good now, you know, but there's a lot of that stuff that just, oh, like, oh, oh. sorry. What? Well, the, the uh, fact that Karen gets to see that or Karen, Sharon gets to see that, right? Sharon gets to see them reconcile. Does she? I forget. Well, no, because they reconcile at the bottom of the cliff. Oh, that's right. So she doesn't. That's when they hug and make up, uh, and then they decide they they need to go stop the the plot. Right. But there's a lot of this business that just made me kind of shrug my shoulders. All right, 
Uh, right. I guess it, that's happening. Move on. Like, show me more all, fun stuff. All the, like the whole thing box. with the, the the lost microchip. Like, who? The, whatever. Like, why? Is, <laughs> they never even tried. Why is the microchip the separate one? from the device? Like, yeah. you know, it's just to get the Damon Wayans Jr. Who, like, Damon Wayans. From who seems like our age, but I guess he's yeah. much older because he is a a, a, a full grown adult child who looks like he's our age. Yeah, it's kind of like it's pretty disturbing. I, I, I thought he was funny in it, but all the Darley Bunkle stuff could have gone, and it was completely unnecessary. It's completely e- unnecessary. E- easy to cut all of it. I did. Laugh at a good deal of it. Yeah. All of the that was private. It was just stupid. I mean, it's the stupidest yeah. jokes. <laughs> it, it really was. It's stupid I mean, jokes about a guy being stupid. It it did yeah. make me laugh though. And oh, he, absolutely. And David yeah, Wayans so Jr. very funny doing it. Like he absolutely he was. He does he's everything old. he's called on to do and and does as good a job as anybody could do with it. Absolutely. I think the problem is is when put up against moments like. A dumb a dumb joke but made transcendent like when star uh mistakes uh uh edgar sentence as a proposal and then says i will and she goes, he goes what and she's like oh i just and then she shakes her head at the same time as his cell phone ring goes off and it's like a bewitched kind of oh and right then, <laughs> and then she, her this is what made me think of Jordan Peele. Her her reaction to it is, wait, did my, <laughs> did my head actually make that sound? <laughs> but it's not that. big. It's so not big. But it's such a <laughs> dumb joke. It's so dumb. Like, I can't believe someone thought that would be a good thing to do. But the way she does it, it's my one of my favorite moments in the whole movie is because <laughs> she takes it serious. She just goes... Well, it's like she's suddenly like... Wait, am I in a movie right now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what? Hmm? <laughs> am I not only in a movie, but I'm in that kind of movie? Am I in that kind of movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah. So like, so poor, poor uh, Charlie, Darlie Bunkle. You put that joke against everything he does, and it doesn't compare. But. Yeah, Damon Williams, uh, he was funny. I laughed. He did everything he was supposed to do in, in a really good way. But, yeah, it was just, it's just that's all pro- dumb for dumb. <laughs> that's, that's private. My address is 5421 Oak Street. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact that he wrote out everything on the, the bag, the microchip <laughs> is inside. I, Charlie Bunkle. 141 pounds, six foot four. Darn, in parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, like, it's like at that point you know, you have to know you're doing this on purpose if you write all that out and print it out it reminds me of my mom my mom loved comedy <laughs> but the things that made her laugh hardest she would laugh so hard and then she would say he's so stupid <laughs> like I remember that a lot just like <laughs> she loved nothing like more her she loved nothing more than to see someone being stupid. <laughs> Just like she would love nothing more if there was a law that allowed you to shoot stupid people who were <laughs> bad drivers. Oh, Lord. Then that's... Yeah. She used to say that. Then that's who there should be to a say law. who's stupid. 
that you can shoot stupid people. That's where I get it. That's where I get it, everybody. Yep. Apple tree. So like we were saying, best friend quest, the conflict arises between the best friends. The conflict resolves when they acknowledge their growth and what the other one means to them. They no longer take each other for granted. And in this case, they also need to stop the nefarious plot of a supervillain. <laughs> so they go do that. There's some action stuff that happens, yeah. right? Um, but what's usually the climax of the best friend quest, the big emotional moments of super bad, etc. All that stuff is getting resolved before the actual climax in Barbara's Dargo to Visa Del Mar. It's all kind of perfunctory. It's basically one yeah. one little conversation. And then they kind of reaffirm it on the beach uh, after the climax so that Sharon Fisherman can witness and they can decide that they'll be her friend too, which I, you know, it felt like a, it felt like a kid's cartoon. Like that's what, <laughs> no conflict yeah. is allowed to persist in kid shows anymore. And so everybody's like, well, we'll be just be friends with the enemy who tried to hurt us and just burned down my house. Yeah, but <laughs> honestly, I kind of wish that was more often the, con- the result of a lot of movies. It's, but, it was nice. Yeah, I like it. Nice. I mean, yeah. I hate the like idea the that they make it look that easy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I like the outcome. Uh, it's a great outcome. It's great to believe that it's that can happen. Outcome, but yeah. I think you need to provide a little bit more of a roadmap about how that could actually happen. <laughs> right. If you're trying to teach it as a lesson to kids. But because uh, well, his name was Marfa. Because sometimes a better lesson is is the kid who is always causing trouble, like maybe steer clear of that kid for a while. Right. <laughs> like exactly. sometimes that's the better advice. Is if there's just gonna be unceasing conflict, then um you just like find your own space. You know? <laughs> Right, because then what happens when those two personalities don't click as well as Barb and Star? Then there's resentment. Then you've got even a bigger yeah threat. Like we don't know how Edgar's going to fit into like Barb and Star going to live still live together. Is still going to have side to side beds? Is Edgar, are Edgar right. and Star going to be exploring new positions while Barb is trying to get sleep? Is <laughs> is Sharon invited to talking club? Like what's happening? What's happening right. when they get back home? We don't know. I Again, mean, it's okay. I love Some questions we don't need answered, but that might have been something for a, a post-credit sequence. Here's my question, though. So all of the conflict resolution, it's, very, it's still very asymmetrical. Star gets Edgar. Barb gets to cheer them on, right? Yeah. Act as wing... Wing woman, I felt wing that was person, whatever. I don't know what you'd say. Um, it's not like Barb becomes special friends with with the weird villain, right? Here's my question: Would it be better or worse if Barb like ends up with Darley Bunkle? It feels like Barb should <sighs> get. It's like, does Barb need to end up with somebody, or is it okay that Barb? doesn't end up with somebody. You know what? This is a a great example of um, all the other movies from the 80s and 90s that we've watched where they would show a character like this who like Barb and then they kind of throw them like 
a hint of, well, there's this other character here, or they 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 hint promise. Oh, they 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 toss in a promise that there could be something that happened between she she gets somebody, you know, some somebody's there. Like they just maybe have them bump. Well, she got her man, but what about me? And then Darley Bunkles is yeah. down there, like hey, just something like that. Well, the sidekick like character, you know, right? Uh, it always. It always feels like a perfect The goofy friend, like, you know, right. Ladybird and uh, uh, what's her name from Booksmart? <laughs> right. Um, but you know, it, it always kind of felt like just kind of dashed off just to, like, make us feel better, you know, um, about a, a hole they didn't write into their bigger story. But but when they don't have it, 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 it feels like it is a hole. You're right. It just, is it's off. weird just because they start off, like, being, like, the same character. It's not like... Kristen Wiig's playing the main one, the one we're supposed right, to right. identify with, and Barb is right. uh, is the is the sidekick, is the friend, the funny friend. It's like they, yeah, it, they're treated as like mirror images of each other, practically, right? Right. And so the fact that one gets to get her groove on and the other one doesn't feels it just felt really weird to me. But it's also would probably be worse if they like give. Like Barb, some gift. consolation, right? Yeah, consolation prize, yeah, consolation, consolation prize, prize at the right. end, you know. Yeah, I would have felt that would have been worse. Like treat her like a, let's she treat her like the leading character that she is, you know. You know, and it might have been fun if she hooks up with Darley Bunkle because Darley Bunkle's funny in the movie, but the bartender who's also great, but he's only in like two scenes, um, or old speedo I, I, guy a, who a very a, a very uh, David Wayne type of joke would have been to Barb to say, "Oh, I've been fucking the bartender this whole time." <laughs> yeah, like like don't worry about me. I've been it's we've been doing this the entire time. <laughs> but I might have liked to see her get together with the bartender or yeah. the old speedo guy who was yeah. funny because he would just show up and point at things. I can tell you what would have been bad, though, which is my least favorite part of the whole movie is Richard Cheese, just because they they hit that too many. They go to that well hit too many times. The first song was funny, and then going back to the same song a second time, and then a different song. It's like, yeah. I like I, Richard Cheese. I have a couple of I his albums. Richard. I was really excited to see him. I go, oh, wow, Richard Cheese. And then I, every time they hit him again, I was like, um, it was too much. No, it's too much. Yeah, they needed like one dash of that, and that was it. You know, right. just like uh, Eric Idle, isn't it delightful to have a penis? Like, and then you go right into Mr. Creosote. Like, you can't. Yeah. You know. Right. You got. You got to know when to get out of a gag. Right. That was one. That was one that they didn't know. They 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 hit that one too much. It was Lakeith Stanfield staying on the Oscar stage just a little too long. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> With that get out uh, bit that he's still standing out there. He's like, now you leave. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, do you know who doesn't stay in a bit too long? Do you know who, who does know when to get out and when it's time to wrap up? You watched this it wrong <laughs> with Wade and Siggy. Because we're going to move on to the wrap up. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us give the definitive the new 2.0 take on the best friend quest as exemplified and problematized by bar and star barb and star not bar and star (laughs) 
Barbara Starr, go to Visa Domar. But tell us what you think. Send us some examples of movies you think fit this archetype, archetype template, subgenre, whatever you think. Um, uh, and do you like? Do you like this? Do you like when we do this? Are we bad at podcasting? Have you stopped listening already? Oh. Let us know. Send us your email at youwatcheditwrong at happypanic.net or tweet us. You can add us. You watched it wrong. Go ahead. Blow our phones up. We're on a Facebook page. Uh, we don't really ever post to that or update it, and Facebook sucks and is evil, so, you know. But if, you, if that's what you use, go ahead. Post on there. I, I'll see it. I'll answer. <laughs> but if you really want to follow our activity in terms of being active... Letterboxd is the place to go. We post reviews. Yeah. We maintain our diaries there. You can see what it is we're up to. Uh, you might get a sense of what the next episode of You Watch It Wrong might be about. Um, I will at some point make a list. Uh, I was going to do it in bed last night, but I thought, no, I should actually have like a description that says what this is, and I'm too tired to copy, paste it, and edit it. In bed. Uh, but I'll have a list of the Best Friend Quest uh, movies uh, discussed here, and I'll add to it as... I find other examples. So we're on there. I'm Siggy Lama, two G's, two L's, one M, and some vowels. And I'm Carney of Steel. Weird that it's a DC thing, not a Marvel thing. I just thought it was funny. Because I'm so not of steel. Rate and review us on iTunes. Because that's supposed to help. And if you like sitting in Wicker, but not looking at Wicker, you watched it wrong. 